Hey guys, I'm SEN. And I'm Laura. And you are listening to the Money Curious Podcast. Welcome listeners to another episode of the Money Curious Podcast. Today we've interviewed another great guest on our show. Uh, Her name is Adora, and I just can't wait for you guys to listen to what um, she has to share in terms of investing in stocks and the in index funds and mutual funds. She actually worked as a um, retirement coordinator at Fidelity Investments. So yeah, I'm like super excited to have her on. Yeah, I know I say this every single podcast episode, but you guys are really, really going to love this episode. You know, she, uh, like Laura said, she invests heavily in stocks. She knows a lot about retirement accounts. And one of the biggest reasons we wanted to have her on is because Laura and I recognized that for the last 10 episodes, we've been heavily focused on real estate. While real estate's a great asset class, we also recognize that stocks are a great asset class. And Adora used to work in the industry. So she would be, she is a great resource and she has a wealth of knowledge there in this episode. I really think you guys are gonna like this. So stick around to the very end. You guys are gonna get a lot of great content out of this. Yeah, I totally agree. And with that, let's get into it. Hey, Adora, welcome to the Money Curious Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining. <laughs> I'm super yeah. excited to have you on here. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I feel it's an honor to be on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just for the listeners, do you mind just giving a quick background? What do you do or what you used to do? And, you know, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, no problem. Um, So I started at Fidelity. Actually, I used to work at Fidelity two years, three months. Um, I was a trader at Fidelity. I would say it was more of an entry role. So the full role itself was called Customer Relationship Advocate. Um, While I was working that role for six months, I did do another role, which was as a retirement specialist. So for two years, I worked as a trader and also retirement specialist. Before I said, this is taking me nowhere, (laughs) Um, they're just continuously hiring more people and I want to do something better. Um, So essentially what I did later on is I resigned from Fidelity. Um, Like I said, progression wasn't really happening, change of new managers. And afterwards, I actually transitioned into becoming a compliance analysis or case advisor. So that's awesome. That's, that's nice. what I, I do. Do you want me to give specifics or anything or is that good? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the specifics later. Okay. But um, to give the listeners another piece of the background, you know, you were mm-hmm. a friend of a friend. I can uh, introduce us to you, uh, another mutual friend of ours. And we all shared a mutual interest in finances, you know. That is correct. Um, What exactly made you get so deep into this space? You know, what made you want to get interested about finances, learn more about it, and just dive deep into the subject? Um, I I, I think it really just boils down. So I'm Nigerian. um, For everyone who's out there, if you have Nigerian listeners, eh? (laughs) Ebo. So if you're Ebo out there, you know how it is. Um, But usually the fun joke we like to say is Ebo people are like money, money minded people. We think about money all the time. But 
essentially just seriously here what really made me focus on that background is my mom she's like a hardcore like structured person she if i pre-plan her pre-plan is like a b c d you have to have plans to match up that pre-plan um so she was the one who really just watching her um really just encouraged me to really look into my life and just formulate plans on when it comes to finance and everything but I, 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 so I would say it's really more of an innate thing and also um, just more of a perception wise, just watching her, her transformation and all. Yes. That's pretty cool that you had your mother, like someone really close to you growing up, having that influence over you so that, you know, now as an adult, you can kind of navigate that financial part of your life a little bit easier than maybe somebody else who didn't have like that type of mentor. Yes, and I will say the biggest thing is because, um, so, although they're married, quote-unquote, they're actually separated. So the biggest thing, that biggest motivation, where it's like finances, was uh, my mom, she actually acted as a single mother. So we're like a family of four. So uh, I'm just really grateful she decided to take care of all of us. It wasn't like, hey, I don't know what to do here. My husband is no more providing. He's not even here anymore. She didn't say, I'm going to bail on you. She said, I'm going to take on this challenge and I'm going to progress more. So just seeing how she was able to just navigate that whole world, I was like, wow, <laughs> amazing. Wow. Sounds like she set a pretty high standard and gave you a great example in your life, right? That is correct. Uh, a lot of pressure on me, but <laughs> <laughs> I try my best. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, so this job at Fidelity, you said you were a retirement specialist, right? Could you uh, elaborate a little bit on what exactly that means? Yeah, no problem. So retirement specialist, essentially, it was just diving deeper into these um, IRA plans. Um, so we're talking about individual retirement accounts for individuals like ourselves and also the small business plan. Really, when I go into a role, I want to make sure it's benefiting me in a way. So I started thinking about maybe formulating the business. So I wanted to know how retirement will work mm -hmm. looking looking like that so i was really interested in that retirement specialist role for that reason but essentially like i said it's talking about the ira it was really more helping clients um consultations actually employers um going through consultations with them like hey what plan actually works best for you is it a self-employed 401k plan are you by your, I mean, are you single by yourself? Do you have a wife or something? Is it like a sole proprietor? I can't say that word. Sole proprietor. Can you guys? Sole owner business. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. My pronunciations are crazy. But is that the type of business you have that would lean more into a self employed 401k? Do you have employees that would be more of a simple IRA? So it was really just finding the right plan once we understood their corporate structure. And then for the IRAs, the individual retirement at IRA is making sure that they can actually contribute that because you have two types, a traditional versus a Roth. So some of them, 
because they were higher earning incomes they couldn't contribute into the Roth, while some of them, they still wanted to be able to have that tax-free money. So we dealt a lot with return of excess and just uh, really contribution in general. So Wow. Seems like you're kind of an expert on retirement accounts. <laughs> I wouldn't More of an expert that. than us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that way. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I would say, I, I, yeah, the, I'm, I'm thankful to have um, gone into that role because I did learn a lot. So I'm not up to, the, up to date with the whole contribution limits now for these business plans. But, yeah, when it comes to the IRA, I, I can tell you immediately uh, I will always go with the Roth IRA over the traditional IRA. It just makes more sense to me. Exactly. That's what you want to tell people. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> well, yeah. Can you explain like, for our listeners like, why you think the Roth is so important uh, to people our age, like in their early 20s or mid-20s? Yeah. Well, yes. start, start off by defining the two and then explain you know, why, why they're the best. Because a lot of people our age, they don't even know what the, the difference between those two are. And, and that is why I'm so grateful you guys are doing this podcast, um, especially to get out that that mindset that we need to start investing in ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah. You need to know these things in order to actually be successful, you know. So um, the difference between the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA. So traditional just means um, it's going to get taxed afterwards. Actually, sorry. I, usually I like saying after tax, but let me just say before taxes. So essentially contribution limits will always be 6,000 if you're less than 59. I'm uh, sorry, if you're less than 50 and if you're more than 50, you can put in, there's a catch up of 1,000. This is for both plans, both a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. So traditional IRA is before taxes, meaning you can put in money and you're not going to get taxed until you pull that money out. And taxes will be based on your income tax rate, whatever you're making um, at your W-2. You you can find that information if you Google that. Um, While Roth IRA is after tax, meaning when you make the contribution, you're going to get taxed when you file your taxes. That way, when you pull out the money, you're not going to get taxed later on. So, Hopefully that helps to clarify contribution 6K, 50 if you're 50 and older. But since we're talking to people our age, you're you're going to fall along that before 50 age. But if you're 50 and older, 1,000 traditional IRA before taxes, so you don't pay taxes right now. You pay it later. While Roth IRA, you pay taxes right now, so you don't have to pay it later. Yes. So gotcha. now that I've defined that, do you want to me to go into why? Yes, yes. please. It's it's why the Roth is <laughs> so this is why it's this is why it's better, and um, I would say it's really based on your investment strategy. Here, I'm a person I invest more in stocks. So the way the Roth IRA works, like I said, is after um, is after tax. You pay taxes right now, so you don't have to pay later. So the great thing about the Roth IRA is if you put down 6K in that, if you ever need to take out that 6,000, you can always take that out free because you've already paid taxes on that. So whatever you contribute, you can always take out. The only thing you will get taxed on is your gains. So how does this sound amazing? So imagine if you start your investing journey 
you know, you invest in stock or, you know, your index fund, whatever it is, and you, you make a gain. I will call this um, this year like the hype investing trend. So example, imagine if you invested in GameStop. You put a thousand, so you, you put a thousand dollars into your Roth IRA and you bought GameStop. Hey, maybe you bought it at $19. I think GameStop right now is like 200. You're killing it. Right. A thousand, a thousand divided by 19. How many shares is that? Let me not get into the specifics <laughs> too much. But what I'm saying is that 1000 you can pull out while the rest is actually gains for you. So once you actually reach that 59 and a half, the IRS specifies for these both accounts where you can actually truly withdraw your money. What you're getting is those games. And let's say GameStop overall is doing amazing. Let's, let me just do hypothetical. You put 1000, but your gains are like 50K. So imagine as time progresses, that money is just going to keep on appreciating if everything is good in the market. So by the time you get to 59 and a half, you're looking at pulling out 100K or so, and that is going to be tax-free money that you're going to get rewarded. While in the meantime, if you ever need money for any necessities or anything, you've put in 1K, you're good. You have 50K in gains. You know, so you can already pull out that one can. You're like, oh, oh wow, I'm fine. But when it comes to the um, the sorry, the traditional IRA, when you're pulling out that money, the thing, the way we, I want to think about it for young people is like we're going to keep on progressing in our in our um, careers. So the more you progress, the more income you're going to make, the higher your uh, income tax rate is going to be. So imagine what example did I give? I, I think I believe 50K. 50K, yeah. So, yeah, so when you pull out that 50K, imagine if you're in the highest tax rate. I believe it's like 37%. They might actually even increase that too. So you're not getting all that money free. Part of that is going to go to the IRS in itself. So that's where I say it's really better to start with the Roth IRA, especially since you're starting out, because you know moving forward, that's going to be money that you're going to keep for yourself. And imagine if you have families coming up too. Imagine if you want to go into real estate investing. There's just so many possibilities with this money down the line being tax-free compared to a traditional IRA. So. Um, that's why I, I, I appreciate just that vehicle. And that's why you actually have a lot of rich people too. Actually, even <laughs> though they're higher in, they're high income earners and they know they can't actually contribute into a Roth IRA, what they do do is a backdoor Roth conversion where they contribute into the traditional IRA and they convert it into a Roth because they understand the power of a Roth IRA. So, wow, you are giving us like the secrets. A lot of gems. Yeah. I, yes. I, I, I have some follow-up questions. Hold on. Yeah, no <laughs> I saw SDN's face and hopefully, I'm like, this man I'm is like, sense, the gears are turning. Yes. I should, I should have wrote them down, but I have, I have one question. I actually didn't yeah. know this. Uh, you said with a Roth IRA, I don't know if it's specific mm -hmm. to a Roth or maybe it's both uh, IRA versions, but uh, you said you can take money out throughout the investing journey did I, did I hear you correctly like say if i'm like right now i'm 25 let's say if i was i don't know 35 i needed ten thousand dollars 
could I take money out of my Roth to pay for something that I that I need real quick? Maybe another investment opportunity. And if so, what are the what are the um, repercussions of that, if there are any? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, when you file your taxes, you will always get a 5498 that shows you your contribution limit. So you're able to always take out what you've contributed so far. Mm, So let's say, yeah, so let's say you've contributed, like I said, the limit is 6K. So if you contributed 6K and overall, you know, your account down the line grows to 12K, but you need to pull out 6K, that's what you've contributed. So you can take that out. And you're not going to get penalized for that. You, oh, so, you, but you can't put, you can't um, take out any of your gains. Yes. So okay. once you start okay. bringing in the gains, you get taxed on that, and that's ten percent on the gains. I have so many ideas now. Yeah. I'm looking at my Roth IRA. For me, my Roth IRA is more for my future children. So, but I would say that's that's a very good one to use for real estate investing if you ever think about that. That's or any main reason. That's one of the main reasons why we wanted to have you on because so far we've been very real estate heavy. And mm-hmm. uh, it seems like you have a much better insight into at least this portion of the stock world, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would say it's just been a, it's a, it's been a blessing in a way working with Fidelity to learn all of this. But Laura, yeah, sorry. Who oh, no, it's okay. All good, all good. No, like I was going to go off what Essien said. Like a lot of our guests before have been like engineers who've been focused more on like the real estate aspect of investing. And so it's really great to just gain this like fresh perspective from not only someone who's in finance, but also a female, because I think that, you know, we, we think very differently. We like, for example, when you spoke of your mother, you're like, okay, like I am, I need to provide to my children um, because I'm just myself, like a single mother. And so I feel like that also drove you to success in how you handle, handle your finances. So I'm just like really excited. So like for what you've shown so far, what you've shared with us. And then as we continue to ask you questions, I'm just like, wow, I'm a, I'm a very grateful. Yeah, no problem. And I would like to, I, I believe, you know, they say this, people can argue, but I believe women are smart, smarter, you know, or we're able to control our emotions. You know, we think about X, Y, and Z before the men. Men usually, they just jump into things and they're like, okay, we'll deal with this later. Since I'm outnumbered, I'll just, I'll just be the fifth. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay it's okay this is my opinion no i that's also my opinion but girl i got you <laughs> okay and so then my next question as you're talking about investments and like your uh, ira accounts retirement accounts like how do you plan your next investment whether it's investing in stocks for basically like more of an immediate short-term investment versus a long-term investment yeah, that's a good question. So I would say really it's just it really knowing your strategy. So for me, I'm a long-term um, person. Like I said, going back to the hype investing, a lot of people made money off GameStop, AMC, um, Bed, crypto. Bed Bath & Beyond, you know. I actually did diversify my account to crypto too, but I knew there was a crash coming. So, <laughs> But um, I, I would say really... It's just knowing what your strategy is. So 
I'm long-term. That's how I determine what I want to invest in. So the first way I really approach my investing is I need to know these companies. Like everyone needs to know them <laughs> before I'm able to invest in them. Like, you know, Apple, you know, Microsoft example here. So if everyone knows them and these companies have been doing well overall, these are like blue chip companies. I know my money is going to go into something safe. You know, right. and if, even if appreciation might be slower than these short term companies or these up, up and coming companies, at least I know like I can sleep better at night because overall they keep on performing well and they keep on expanding. It's just that my money is not going to grow as quickly as something short term. But like I said, my strategy is long term, so that doesn't really affect me as much. Yeah, but you don't you don't keep your reserves in the form of stocks, do you? Or do you actually do that? How do you mean? So, for example, let's say if uh, I keep six months or three months of expenses, I met someone who actually did this. Instead of keeping three to six months of expenses in a savings account, they keep it in the form of stocks, but they keep it in uh, index funds. They don't do they, they don't put the money in necessarily uh, uh, Apple or Microsoft or the, any of the blue chip companies that you said, would you agree to do that or no? Um, you know what? Um, if my housing journey wasn't taking too long, I would actually pull my money out of the savings account that is earning nothing. Yeah. I actually moved my money from Chase to American Express because they promised high yield savings account. Mm -hmm. But every year, every month I'm getting, oh, we're decreasing the savings APY. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I do, I would really say do what works for you. Um, but I really do believe um, there are better ways you can actually get your money to work from you, for you than actually just leaving it in a savings account. Yes, I will leave emergency in savings account because that's something I can pull out immediately. Anything excess of emergencies is what I'm putting back into the market. And if I know that I might need that money briefly, or you know, I might need it for a rainy days, something quick, I will actually put it in either, before the market tanked, I was actually going to, I was actually using money markets um, because they do earn higher interest in savings accounts. So if it's not a money market, I would look into putting it in an index fund, either the S&P 500 or just a total market index fund. But I won't put it in stocks because, you know, stocks can always fluctuate. It's based on that company itself. That's really more for excess money that you know that you don't need at all. <laughs> you're, you're fine with whatever risk might happen. Yeah, so that's how I approach my investing. But... Whoever is doing that, you know, as long as they have emergency funds covered and it's just excess funds to make quick money, uh, that's good. But if they're like, hey, I'm putting all my savings, all my reserves in the market, I, like I said, I'm a big pre-planner. So I pre-plan for A, B, C <laughs> before, <laughs> before anything else. Yeah. What would you say is your definition of long-term and short-term? Like how many years uh, differentiates the two? Uh, so uh, just when it comes to investing itself, anything one year and above is considered long-term. 
while anything less than one year is um, short term. For me, um, I don't know. I, I will call myself more of a lazy investor. I'm not the person that's like a day trader, always crazy about my investing uh, investments. Like, oh my God, I need to check this every single day. <laughs> I need to swing trade and then pull profits once I make profits. And I, I am going to get better in swing trading, but as of right now, usually when I keep my money into these stocks or funds, I don't have a, a, that many funds. I have a lot of stocks, but long-term to me means long-term, like, I'm talking 10, 15 years or till the till when I actually need to pull out the money. But I, I do want to cross that one year line um, before I start making decisions on what to do. And that's from a tax perspective, right? Your capital gains get taxed a certain way after one that year versus before a year, before the year mark. That is that is correct. That is correct. Usually, your short term gets taxed at your income tax rate, while um, long term, usually there's like a threshold, fifteen to twenty two percent, I believe. Mm-hmm. So one thing I want to go back to is uh, so for the retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. Did you know? So going into this fidelity job, you're going into this job as a uh, as a retirement specialist. Did you know the importance of investing for the long term, like for your retirement going into this job? Or is this something where you went in, you learned about it, you're like, oh, my God, I need to do this right now. I think I know the answer. But since you're a pre-planner, but <laughs> I, want, I want to get your perspective. Yeah, no, no that, that's why I say I'm, I'm very thankful for Fidelity. Be, yeah, because before Fidelity, I actually knew nothing about the markets. You know, I always knew about savings, you know, it's good to save, but I never knew the next step about investing. So going into Fidelity as a trader, as a retirement specialist, that's where I really did learn about investing. Um, and especially since we're seeing clients' accounts ranging from zero dollars to, I'm talking about 50 million here. So I'm like, wow, it's not only about a job. It, these people are not just making this money from a job, <laughs> you know? So that's really what helped me start understanding just the markets and everything itself. So it's really when I came into Fidelity, I learned that. And I, I got into the the whole Roth IRA. Yeah. Well, does that answer the question, Esther? That does. Very well. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and then I'm wondering, kind of, what strategies are you using to evaluate your risk? Because you say, "Oh, well, I'm in it for the long haul," but how are you evaluating risk? So, like now, so that you can be successful and have good gains in the future. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, people have different strategies. Mine is more of an age theme um, in itself. So I know I'm young right now, so I can take on higher forms of risk too. Um, but usually, the way I approach my investing is I start off with the blue chip stocks first. Like I need to know, like these companies are going to be, you know, these are well-established companies. That way I'm, I feel safe putting my money into that. So after I invest in that, that's when I can look at the more up and coming, um, actually I started, <laughs> the more up and coming stocks here. Um, I'm not proud of how some of them have done in the market so far, but uh, like I said, 
my my risk my risk is my age you know since i'm younger i'm able to actually take on more riskier or riskier investing example anyone who ever invested in sos just know that that thing is going to go nowhere <laughs> but i'm still holding out um i'm still holding out hopefully um even mara and riot i was a big believer i'm still holding out <laughs> yes so like i said it's really more age is what i use as a, a measurement here to actually approach these different types of investing so i do blue chip then i do growth if there's a lot of talks into this so i watch a lot of youtube videos i was part of a lot of discords too um but when i was working at fidelity essentially what really formed my whole investing strategy and hopefully i i think everyone does this so i i don't think it's bad to say this I would always look at what rich people were investing in. Thankfully, since I could see that, mm. I needed to know what you're investing in, how you're making 50 million, so I could actually form my accounts in that way. So, um, have you found that, that, that works for you? Pardon? Have you found that that works for you when you try to copy what they're doing or do something similar? Not, not, not essentially copy every single thing you're they're doing, but. Um, seeing different accounts you know when you start seeing the same patterns over and over and over again seeing the returns appreciation since it's percentage based yeah at the point i started investing in that and yeah, right now i would say my good investments are yielding anywhere from 50 percent over to 100 percent appreciation so uh, so yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yes essentially is SGN is like get straight to the point yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes but i i will say um looking at orders by customers is it can also be a good indicator to know what where demand is are for stocks and all or any type of investing yeah so in that realm of like being a retail investor how would someone like me, who's not working at Fidelity, who maybe doesn't have that network of people or um, the insight to these patterns, where can I access that information? Is it just like figure out, like pick a stock and see how much it's trading in a day or in a week? No, 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 no. Yeah, thankfully we have a lot of in, uh, we have a lot of information out here out here sorry but investopedia is a good one seeking alpha is a good one too you know you need to understand the fundamentals of these companies so um, really what i would say is um you know when you start your investing journey try and find the company you actually want to invest in um, and i would say a big thing is making sure they have good customer service system because those are the people you're going to talk to when you need to get clarity about investing. You know, they need to know what they're talking about. So you have Vanguard, you have Fidelity, you have Charles Schwab, and they have uh, all these all these platforms or all these brokerage firms, they always have a learning center. You can actually go and learn where it teaches you what is a stock, what is an option. So I would really say, because I always get these questions from clients calling in start there first because really you need to read first you need to do your own investigation because once again this is your money <laughs> that's not my money going in and if you don't even understand what you're investing in then i mean if it goes down 
you're going to say, I'm never going to do this again. But you just have to prepare yourself. So once you get educated a little bit on that, so I would say, first and foremost, just go to the go to the brokerage firm's website that you want to invest in. If it's Fidelity, um, I, I worked at Fidelity, so I can say Fidelity. There's a learning center there. Start researching. And just once you get comfortable, just call the customer service line. Hey, I just need to um, get clarity on what this means. Hey, can you actually guide me where I can see different types of investing? You know, because they will help to clarify and make you understand a little bit better. Gotcha. Okay, that's super helpful. I actually do invest. I have Fidelity as uh, my brokerage account for my retirement. So I use that learning center. Um, although I will say I need to become more familiar with it. Um, but yeah, thanks for sharing that. I think that it's super helpful if you can utilize the services they basically have to offer, right? It's there, it's free. So, and I will say another thing you could do is you, you don't have to rely on just one place too. You can call different brokerage services because I know that's what I do. Like if this person is not really making sense to me, either I can call again and get someone better uh, if it's still the same thing, I'm sorry. Uh, let me try and get another brokerage firm that can actually clarify things. And they might actually explain it in a way where it's like, wow, this actually makes a much better sense. Yeah. So just know you have options out there. So I remember you saying before that your, your account is split up between some funds and some stocks. Do you have a preference between the two or would you recommend someone going into stocks or an index fund or doing something like you where they go into both um which do you which do you suggest someone get, gets into starting out that's why i say usually my risk factor is my my age um so when you're looking at stocks versus index funds um, it's really more about the appreciation factor here um stocks will always have a higher appreciation more than index funds in itself. So for me, I, I'm more heavily invested in stocks than index funds. If I'm looking at index funds, index funds is more of like low risk, you know, the, depending on the type of in, index funds you're going, um, going into. There are some index funds that's all growth, so it's really more higher risk tier stocks and things like that. But overall, index funds are going to be safer forms of investing. And since I know I'm so young and I can take on risk more than a person who's more in their 40, 50 year um, age, year, year age. Does that make sense? Year age? I got you. No, 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't think I'm making sense right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would lean more into I would lean more into the stocks um, because um, I can make more gains from them. And if I'm looking at this long term, that's something you also have to factor. Which one is actually growing faster? Mm. The stocks are going to be growing fast faster, even though the market grows goes down. Like which one is still yielding you more appreciation, more um, gains? It's always going to be stocks. Um, you have some people last year, they did only index funds. Some people got only like 21%, but with stocks, bro, some people were hitting as high as 100%, 150%. So there's a clear difference. Um, 
I'm I'm more into stocks, like I said, but I do do index funds. When I do index funds, like I said, it's more the S&P 500. I believe that's a good one. As long as you're invested in the market indices there, like S&P 500, I, have, I don't have a, the NASDAQ for myself since that's technical based, but uh, I might get that. And overall, the total market index fund, I think that just covers everything. So either those two, three, Three, you should be fine. Before we go on, I just want for the listeners, could you define exactly what an index fund is? Could I define a, what an index fund is? Yes. Yeah, an index fund really is like a collection of different things that make that that up. So it's managed by a fund manager. It can either be active or passive, meaning the fund manager is actively managing the funds, while passive is they're really not looking into that. So indexes it follows a certain it follows a certain index of the market either you can have the s p 500 which just really trills the s p 500 index in itself so however that's doing that's how your how your fund is going to be doing s p 500 will um, overall consist of all the stocks that make up that index in itself so Hopefully that gives clarity on the index funds. So essentially, it, it can range. It can be stocks. It can be bonds. But it's, it, overall, it's just trilling. That index is set to trill. And it's yeah. a collection of different things. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, so, I hope I clarified that well enough. Yeah. I wanted to ask you also, how does it feel to be a female in finance? I feel like we don't usually see a lot of like women in the, in these types of fields. And I was wondering, like, what have you learned in terms of your experience in that realm? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I think, is, yes, that is true. I feel like um, the finance world is, is a male-dominated. Um, if you allow me to say, I do say white male-dominated in a way. Um, yeah, so that, I believe that will not change but if you have more women coming into the market who are encouraged to come in or really who are encouraged to take a stance on their finances you don't really have to be in the financial industry to say oh wow i'm breaking uh, the ceilings or anything like that as long as you're taking control of your finances i think that's really the best thing possible because you have some women who are who are in the financial industry but they still don't know how to maintain their finance in itself, or they're still dependent on their husband or their partner to take care of all these things for them. So I would say the biggest thing is just really educating yourself on what finance is, what savings is. And if more women can really do that, I think we will have better control um, when it comes to just this whole arena in itself. So when we actually go into the financial industry, we're actually propelling more because we're doing this for ourselves. So we're really just advancing either to become a portfolio manager, you know, and investment advisor, so et cetera, et cetera. Nice, that's awesome. Well said. But I love it, I love it. I'm a big motivator and um, I, I find inspiration and I love what you're doing, Laura. I believe, I truly do believe black women should really educate themselves when it comes to finance. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. 
I wanted to ask you one last question. And we usually ask this to most of our guests because I think everyone's experience is super different. What is your biggest lesson learned so far in your investment journey? <laughs> if you can think of it or something that comes to mind like right away at the forefront. Yeah, uh, what I would say is um, I maybe I should I, 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 I would I should take a I'm like Sam right now, but I, uh, I know okay, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I know what I'm trying to say and I keep on telling myself, Adora, oh my goodness. Um, but essentially what I would say to myself is take profits where you need to take profits, Adora, and try and be a more, more active investor in itself. So the thing about when we tell ourselves we're long-term investors, it's like, okay, I put my money into this thing, oh well, it's going to do whatever it does. And then your money has grown and then the market crashes on you. It's like, oh no, I'm long-term. No, Adora, you could have taken profits at that point and gone back into the stock at a lower price. So try and be active in your portfolio is what I would say and take profits. At least set a cap limit on how, how much you want to lose, which is you can do this through stop losses. There are orders you can do stop losses and how much you want to gain. So that is what I, I will say. Sounds like it's been a, been a painful lesson. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I did options. So I'm not too concerned with stocks as options because, oh my goodness, if anything, I believe options is where you can really hit it big in the market. But as you can hit it big, you can also lose quickly. <laughs> so yes, that taking profits part comes from that. <laughs> Nice. So it sounds like as a long-term investor, still be active in your investments in like every few months and look at your portfolio, see where you can make a change, where you can buy, where you can um, take your profits and contribute them elsewhere. So just staying active as a long-term investor. That is correct. If you yeah. need to reallocate anything, you can also do that. Diversify, yes. That That's really what it means to be active, yes. Okay, so it shouldn't be confused with being passive, which is just like keeping it in the same Set thing forever. Forget. Yeah. Yeah, or, you know, keeping it in an index fund and you're like, oh, wow, you know, this might, this will just make some form of money for me. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I guess it all depends on like how much you how much gains you want, right? Do you want 100% return? Do you want 20% return? Uh, the 20% return probably will be a more passive form, uh, but yeah, it's really how we want to see your money grow and how fast. And I'm not I'm not speaking ill of the index funds. I'm just saying like people get comfortable with the index funds. I know I do. If I was invested in only index funds, I'll just say yes. It was actually a friend that told me, hey, Adora, why are you investing in index funds? You're young. Are you an old person? Why are you doing this? <laughs> yes, but it, 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 you get a little bit comfortable when you you know, invest in these safer investments. But yes, you hit it on the head, Laura. Awesome. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that's the majority of our questions. I don't want to take up too much of your time. It's been almost an hour now. 
but this has been great, Adora. I think uh, Laura and I can both agree this was one of our better episodes. So thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've learned so much because, you know, um, I kind of want to learn more about the investing world and what that entails and what gains can I can have. Um, and I think that you brought a great perspective and lessons, lessons learned here. So thanks again for having us interview you. Yes, no problem. And I am still learning myself too. So I'm always growing and learning in this field too. So you're not alone, Laura, but yes, we're all in this together. And what I would want to just say is if you haven't thought about investing, please think about investing. You know, we all love a job, nothing wrong with that, but there are ways for your money to work for you, you know? Instead of saying, hey, I have my job, this is all I have right now, <laughs> this is where I'll get more of my, this is where I'll get most of my money, especially if I keep on progressing in the role. That is not the answer, you know? So, yes, just get on the site that brokerage firm you want to go into, you know, you want to invest in, check their learning centers out, call if you need, if you're more of a, what is what do you call that, audio listener, I, I like taking notes down, but yes, make that first step because it's important. The earlier, the, that's, a, that's why I say age is a big thing, the earlier you start is what you're going to see. I believe there's a calculator where you can calculate all these things and you see, you can see what your gains will be, but the earlier is always going to be the better instead of doing this later on. Right. Very well said. All right. Thanks so much again. And that's a wrap. Hey listeners, thanks for reaching the end of another great episode of the Money Curious Podcast. Go ahead and share that episode with your friends, your siblings, your family members, anybody. And go ahead and like listen to our other previous episodes and make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at the Many Curious Podcast. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. It would help the podcast a lot.